Our gospel reading today is from 21st and the 22nd chapter of Revelation. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them as their God. They will be his peoples, and God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. For the first things have passed away. And the one who, who was seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. Also, he said, write this, for these words are trustworthy and true. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. On either side of the river is the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit, producing its fruit each month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. Nothing accursed will be found there anymore, but the throne of God and the Lamb will be in it. And his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads, as there will be no more night. They need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. The word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations in our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. It is such a delight to be here this evening with all of you. Brian, your family, your friends, and the congregation here at Shepherd of the Hills, we rejoice in this day that we have long awaited for. Um, It's been a big weekend for you, Brian. But you graduated yesterday, get consecrated today, and according to the news, this is like one of the the biggest weather days that we've had in like forever. Like they closed schools as a preemptive weather emergency. And I was like, oh, poor Brian. Wouldn't you just know it on a day where he could be storm chasing or at least watching the Doppler? He's got a lot to do. Am I right? Brian is a weather nerd, if you don't know it. I'm sorry, Brian. Um, I just feel it's like divine irony. Like, I'm going to send severe weather, and Brian, you can't participate in any of it. But luckily, your family's all here, so they're safe. And we do pray for safety for anyone who might be in that path, to be completely honest. And and weather is nothing to really joke about because of how horrific it can be. Nevertheless, it is a privilege to be here with you on your special day, and I am honored to be a part of it. Brian, since you joined our staff, you have brought your whole self to our ministry. Um, in part because you can't ever hide what you're thinking. And so, like, we knew from day one, like, if you were happy with something or not so happy um, or disagreed, and then it would become time for us to ask what you're thinking. Um, But you do um, come in with such passion, and you came in and just kind of just were authentically you. 
And we all know that you care about people of all ages, from our old to our very young, and you do have this great special connection with our kids. Um, And it has been a delight to watch you grow throughout the years and see them grow with you. You have led our kids' choir and somehow managed to get the kids to sing out, and Scott and I always marvel at it. Like, you take a chaotic group, and then all of a sudden they sing, and they make beautiful music. Um, You've led art, and that might be somewhat miraculously, because I think our cutting skills are comparable to each other, which means they're not very good. Um, (laughs) But more than anything, what you have done in your ministry here so far is share your faith and your tremendous love of God with our kids. And I am so thankful for that. Through song, through story, through art, you have helped our kids learn the story about our God, a God who loves us, a God who calls us, and a God who is there for us no matter what. And you've helped all of our people to experience that gospel message. They hear it in your sermons, they hear it in your children's messages, and they see it through your example. Most of the time, I wonder after you've done a children's message why I even get bothered to get up and preach, because you do in two minutes what I take like 13 minutes to do, Um, and I'm pretty sure people remember your message more than mine. I mean, when you shoot rubber bands out into the crowd, while it gives me a slight heart attack um, as I worry about people's eyes, um, everybody else remembered that they were launched into the world, which was great. And when you take a selfie with the kids and the entire congregation, we all remember that this is what God looks like, and God looks like all of us. And so I give thanks for your proclaiming of the gospel. I give thanks not only for your your connection with kids, but that indeed you do share the good news. And the good news is something that I believe in our world we desperately need to hear day after day, week after week, because far too often we are hit on the head with the bad news of what humanity is up to in the world. And there has been a lot of bad news lately. Our world, I believe, is crying out in pain and in mourning. And I know all of you gathered here tonight have heard it too. You've heard the cries of laments, perhaps from your family and friends, as recent events have taken place in our world. Women are crying out today as 30 states have signed new laws to control their own choices about what is best for their bodies and their lives. The LGBTQ community and their allies cry out as laws continue to be made to restrict and oppress people who are transgendered. And yet again, this week, a transgendered woman was killed on the streets of Dallas. And so we lament. Parents and children are crying out because kids are being lifted up as heroes when they stop school shooters instead of us changing our laws and our ways to make sure our children are protected And yes, indeed, even our earth cries out. It cries out because it has been exploited for its resources, it has not been tended to, and this weather event that is the worst one that we have anticipated for seven years is the result of horrific, um, horrific problems in terms of climate change, and we know it is only the beginning. So now that I've depressed you... I would say we've had enough of the bad news to last a long, long time. 
The readings you selected for today, however, are not bad news. And while we are here is not bad news, but we are here to hear the good news. Rowan just read for us this vision in um, Revelation, chapter 21 and 22. And if we had read the very beginning of 21, we would have known that God was making a new heaven and a new earth. God was restarting creation with this vision of hope and promise for our world because God is at work in our world. God is not done with what is happening in our communities. God is responding to the bad news we see in our midst. And God says, you know what? I'm not going to ignore it. I hear the cries of my people and I'm coming down into this world. So we have a God who doesn't just rest out somewhere in space to listen to the cries and ignore it. We don't have a God who snatches the good people or the faith people up and says, oh, come live with me in heaven. No, we have a God who comes down. A God who has come down to earth already in the person of Jesus. A God who hears the cries of his people and walks in their pain. A God who comes and creates something new. A new heaven, a new earth, a new city. The new Jerusalem. And it is smack in the middle of this new city that God decides to pitch her tent. And she moves into the neighborhood. Because God is going to be with her people. God comes to hear those cries, to wipe away the pain from our eyes and the tears, and God responds to that old world where greed and corruption have the power and attempt to rule the day. And God says, your power is not going to win, but my power will. And so God's power comes. It comes into our world in love creating a city where there are no gates that keep people out but are wide open all the time. God's power comes in compassion and says, I will have no boundaries and borders that will resist getting anybody to my love. And God comes to to create welcoming communities and says, in my world, there will be no need for light. There will be no need for neighborhood watches because there isn't any darkness anymore. And smack in the middle of this city is a river, a crystal blue, nourishing river where all people are invited to come and drink the nourishing waters of life and to eat from this tree that brings healing to the nations. It's a grand vision. It is a beautiful description of the hope we all want for our world It is a vision I know I long for with eager anticipation. Don't you? Unfortunately, we don't see this new Jerusalem yet. But I have faith that it will come. See, one of the reasons I have faith that it will come is because I have seen the power of God at work in the world. And I have seen God's love or welcoming love push down barriers and open up doors that were previously closed. I have seen God change the hearts and minds of people in order to transform our ways of judgment into ways of mercy and love. It wasn't that long ago, Brian that you were on your, own path, on your own path to ministry, that it started to seem unattainable. And I remember well the frustration and pain that you experienced when you went through your internship interviews and it seemed as if door after door was being shut in your face. 
I also remember how angry I felt. <laughs> because I remember thinking, wait a second, what's going on here? I know the truth. And the truth is that you are called to ministry. And so while doors were closing in your, faith, or in your face, I thought, well, the church is going to miss out if it continues to do that. They will miss out on the work that you have in store for you, your incredible voice, and the amazing person you are. And what I feared more than anything is that you were going to give up, that you were going to call it quits, turn your back and say, I'm done with this already. And to be frank, I wouldn't have blamed you. But you didn't. You didn't give up. You didn't leave. And most importantly, you didn't compromise who you are in order to please or appease others. And sometimes I wonder how you did it. But then I remember and give thanks for the incredible faith that you possess. Because I know that you know we have a God who is more powerful than any barrier that is put in our way. I know that you trust in the identity that Christ gave you in your baptism and that you know being claimed as a child of God just as you are for who you are is more important than anyone else's opinion. I know that you know that you have been claimed by God unconditionally and you have a God who will pay attention to people whose door, who have doors that are shut in their face. We have a God who overcame death for Pete's sake. I mean, God can do anything, right? God can definitely create a pathway even when it seems like we're at a dead end, and God has done that today. Thanks be to God. So, instead of leaving or giving up, you claimed your identity as a beloved child of God, and you lived into the goodness of the image that you were made in, God's image, and you took a stand, you were open and honest with us here at Shepherd of the Hills, and you invited us to walk alongside you. And I give thanks for that. I am thankful for your courage, for your witness. I am so thankful for the ways that God has worked in and through you. And because when you stood up for yourself and refused to be any less than who you really are, you gave us all an opportunity to stand up with you. You renewed in us our mission and vision to be a place and a people who welcome everyone. And you reminded us that God called us not just to be children of God, but children of God who work on behalf of other children of God so that everyone might know that they are holy and accepted by God for who they are. The love and acceptance of God is essential because the truth is the journey of faith that you are on will never be easy. You've already experienced some obstacles, and as much as I'd love to tell you, well, it's a breeze from here. Um, <laughs> talk to any pastor or deacon, and they will tell you that's not true. There will be days when you are tired there will be days when you are frustrated. There will be moments where you say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing. Because we all do. That's part of being human. But once again, we rest in the promises of God, who forgives our sins and who reminds us that we are not defined by our mistakes, but instead we are defined by our identity in Christ, who makes all things new, even us. 
So I am thrilled to be celebrating your consecration with you today because I know God's work in you has just begun. Your call as deacon will lead you into new pathways. And I found this great description of what it means to be a deacon in the living Lutheran. So pay attention, shepherd folks, if you're wondering what it means. It says this, Deacons respond to the unhealed hurts of the world. Diaconia is not an add-on, but, an, but essential to the life and work of the church. The service that is offered is not just so people will be ready to hear the gospel, but in the service, the real presence of Christ and salvation is experienced. In other words, as a deacon, like Christ, you will enter into the community. You will move into a neighborhood. You might even pitch a tent. You are an Eagle Scout after all. You know how to do it. And you will be a tangible witness to the love of God who enters our world in order to care for all all people. And I have no doubt that God will do incredible things in and through you. So today we rejoice. And I give thanks for you as a colleague and a friend. Congratulations, Brian. We're so proud of you and we love you. Amen.